Thank you so much, Catherine and and Cheryl. In the beginning, before all time, was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God himself. He was continually existing in the beginning, co-eternally with God. All things were made and came into existence through him. And without him, not even one thing was made that has come into being. In him was life and the power to create life. And the life was the light of all people. The light shines on in the darkness. And the darkness did not understand it or overpower it or appropriate it or absorb it and is unreceptive to it. This true light, the genuine, perfect, steadfast light, which coming into the world enlightens all people, he, Jesus himself, was in the world. And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, that which belonged to him, his world, his creation, his possession, and those who were his own did not receive him and welcome him. But to as many as did receive and welcome him, he gave the right, the authority, the privilege to become children of God. That is to those who believe in, trust in, and rely on his name, who are born not of blood, not of natural conception, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of humans, but of God. That is a divine and supernatural birth. They are born of God, spiritually transformed, renewed, sanctified, and the word Jesus Christ became flesh and lived among us. And we actually saw his glory, glory as belongs to the one and only begotten Son of the Father. The Son who is truly unique, the only one of his kind who is full of grace and truth absolutely free of deception. This is perhaps one of my favorite, perhaps my actual favorite of all the appointed Christmas readings for this time of year. This is from John 1. This is John's prologue to his gospel where John starts with the creation of the entire cosmos. You notice how John says, in the beginning. That when God moves in the beginning, things happen. And then John continues in a very poetic way. He ties in creation with incarnation. That when God moves in, when God moves into the neighborhood, as Eugene Peterson puts it, everything changes. That's what we're celebrating tonight. We're celebrating God moving into the neighborhood. Let's pray. Father God, Son, Jesus, and Holy, Holy, Holy Spirit, we come before you on this eve of all eves, this night before Christmas morning, with expectant joy, singing praises to you, glory to God in the highest and on peace, goodwill to all. God, we just ask that on this eve of all eves, you'd give us new eyes to see, new ears to hear, new hearts to feel. 
and a new ethos and a new being in which to interact with this world. God, we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I can remember this day like it was yesterday or maybe 15, you know, like 14 and a half years ago. Um, I'm sure many of you have similar memories or any of you who have ever had kids, ever birthed a child or been part of birthing a child or part of a family that has birthed a child is going to have similar stories to this. You notice how birth stories are all unique in their own right. The context changes, the details change, where, when, how, all that stuff changes. But what's the same? In the end of the day, there was a baby that was born. I remember, I mean, I could tell you the birth of uh, Stephen where I was puking in the bathroom. <laughs> Literally while the intercom was blasting for me to come down the hall and be in the room with my wife. Or I could tell you about Magdalena's birth when I actually fainted on the couch and the doctors had to revive me. Because, you know, birth is all about the dad, right? Um, But I'll tell you tonight about our first daughter's birth. My pastor in uh, seminary, my internship type of pastor, my fieldwork pastor, uh, Lane Berglund, great guy, absolutely great guy, gave me a ton of deer meat. And I love deer meat. I love deer meat dearly. And I had marinated this deer meat for almost 48 hours, not even realizing that my wife was about to have birth. Okay? So we decided to invite all of our friends over and had my sister Lily come to join us as well. Well, I'm out there grilling this deer meat, this marinated deer meat, this meat that I was like super pumped about eating. When all of a sudden Anna comes like running out of the house into the backyard and I can remember it like it was yesterday. She's like... Chris! This is literally what she looks like, too. My water just broke! (laughs) I I had no idea what to do. So I panicked. I left the meat on the grill. Other people tended to that. I ran inside. Luckily, my nurse sister was around, told us to calm down, pack a bag, and took a shower, and we headed off to the hospital. But one of my favorite parts about this whole first kid kind of birth experience was the anticipation of it. It was like, we didn't know what to expect, but for some reason, it was like super exciting. Like, it was almost like, I'm going to throw up, but at the same time, I'm excited. You know what I'm saying? Like, I remember once a friend of mine down in Boston told me that you're doing something of worth if you have like a pit in your stomach, you kind of don't feel good, but at the same time, you're super excited. I'm like, how awesome does that happen when we embark on a new journey, right? And so I remember sitting up all night. I mean, this was like a, I mean, it was obviously a lot longer of a night for Anna. I don't want to diminish this at all. But I remember sitting up all night, like on the hour, every hour coming out and being like, yeah, I've got a daughter that's coming. Because we knew, we, we knew we were having a baby girl. And I just remember at the end of the day, um, when you could get past all the all the blood and like the gross stuff, like the shiny baby that doesn't even look like a baby, but more of an alien than a human. Um, I remember at the end of the day, after this entire birth thing, which then I still witnessed three other times after that, I remember looking at this like baby going, where did this come from? Like, this, this is like one of us. 
And I'll never forget that, honestly, it's one of those experiences that just seemed to take my breath away. And again, I'm sure many of you have had these feelings at some point if you've been around either someone who's had a baby or maybe experienced it yourself. Um, And what's really been lighting me up this Christmas season, what's been really lighting a fire in my gut this Advent Christmas season, as I've been preparing for these different sermons, you know, you know, today and tomorrow morning and this upcoming Sunday and then Epiphany the Sunday after, is that this same universal story of babies being born, babies being born to human people, is the same story. Maybe swap out a long journey to Bethlehem and a barn and a manger and angels singing over you and shepherds coming and wise men bringing you gifts. But at the same time, it's the same kind of story that we've all kind of been through, right? Where you have a woman who's nine months pregnant and all of a sudden, boom, there's a baby. Or maybe not quite that much of a boom. (laughs) This incredible yet very human story that Magda just read to us is God's family birth story. But it seems like sometimes in our culture, wonder and beauty and the mysterious have kind of slowly evaporated, you know? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, we might marvel at a magician's trick, right? Like, for instance, in my house right now, I've got two boys that will take dice and put it in a cup and spin it around the table as fast as they can. And when they lift the cup up, the dice are either stacked on two or stacked on three or stacked on four in a pyramid. I have no clue how it happens. I'm really marveling and wondering at how you guys do that. But I'm sure there's a reason, and I'm sure you could actually tell me the scientific reasons of how it happened if I asked you. Or we may gaze at the stars. Have you ever done that before, gazed at the stars? Like in the middle of the summer, especially if you get out of a city, go into the country, go into the lake house, something, and you gaze at the stars. And we might gaze at the stars or we might gaze at a newborn baby, but think about it. In the end of the day, we kind of can research the science behind why the stars are twinkling or, or, or kids, if you want to ask your parents later how babies are born. Um, <laughs> You know, we've kind of become a community of know-it-alls, if you think about it. Do you remember the day when we used to argue about things, debate about things? If you're under the age of probably 30, you might not remember this, but we used to actually debate things, think about things, and then at the end of the day, we'd go, eh, who knows? Now everyone just Googles it. And we figure out the answer, like, in two seconds. I sometimes wonder, as I wander... Sorry, Catherine. I sometimes wonder if we've lost our wonder at many of the great mysteries and the hidden beauties of life. Let me read to you this really quick again. Okay, I'm actually not even going to be quick. I'm going to just read this to you. And the word became flesh. The God... God's word, this word that God spoke that created the world became flesh and lived among us. And this translation, I'm reading from the Amplified uh, Bible, which adds a whole bunch of like kind of exegesis in there. We actually saw his glory. This glory as belongs to the one and only begotten son of the father. The son who is truly unique, the one and only of his kind, who is full of grace and truth. You see, this, 
this of all stories, this of all things that have ever happened in the existence of our existence is something to wonder about. This is something to marvel at, that our God, this divine being, we're, we're here tonight because we believe that some divine being spoke and all of a sudden these things happened. I don't know how these things happened. It's not a science book. The Bible's not a science book. But God spoke and these things happened. And all of a sudden that same God, that same divine being just becomes a human. A human that breathes and lives and goes to the bathroom just like we do. This same God was born through a woman's body parts. Think about that for a second. Our God was born the same way that you and I were born. Jesus came into this world as naked as you and I were needing his umbilical cord cut. Just like us. I don't know if it was Joseph. I don't know if it was Mary or the donkey that just gnawed it on. <laughs> but Jesus, God of the universe, needed his umbilical cord cut off. Have you ever thought about this before? Have you ever thought about Jesus needing his diaper changed? The God of the universe went to the bathroom, my friends. And the God of his universe needed a parent, a mom or a dad, or a combination of whatever you want to call it, to actually change a diaper. That's Jesus. Have you ever thought about that before? Have you ever thought about that Mary actually fed Jesus in the same manner that many a mom have fed their babies? Or have you ever thought before that Jesus had to learn how to talk? The God of the universe had to learn physical, like, human language and had to learn how to talk. The same God of the universe had to learn how to walk or how to sleep through the night. <coughs> have you ever thought before that the creator of the world had to be potty trained? Have you ever thought about it before? Mary and Joseph or some combination of the two or his brothers and sisters or whoever was around, aunts and uncles, had to potty train Jesus. Have you ever wondered if Jesus wet the bed? Because I do. Have you ever wondered if Jesus threw a temper tantrum as a toddler? Or if Jesus maybe went to time out once in a while? Do you ever wonder if Jesus... Brothers and sisters teased him? Or if Jesus was ever bullied at rabbinic school? I wonder sometimes if Jesus was ever frustrated trying to figure something out. And remember, even though he was the God of the universe, he could not Google something. He was not able to Google how to figure something out. I wonder if Jesus ever had feelings for any of his classmates that were walking around Nazareth. I wonder if Jesus ever spent a night with his buddies by a campfire. Come on. We've all had these nights by a campfire where you sit there simultaneously gazing at the stars, wondering about this entire cosmos while making fart jokes. Come on. I, 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 have you ever wondered about that with Jesus? 
I wonder if Jesus ever had a hard time sleeping at night. Or did Jesus ever have a hard time getting out of bed in the morning? Do you think Jesus' mom ever had to come and wake him up? Like, Jesus, it's time to go to temple. We got to go. Come on, Jesus. Or I wonder if the God of the cosmos ever got sick or felt lonely. You see, Paul tells us in Hebrews, he says, we have a high priest, a God who can empathize and understand in every possible way what it's like to be human. We read this in Hebrews 4.15, and it's all because he became one of us. Baby needs, diapers changed, and all. You see, our salvation... Our rescue doesn't begin on the cross at Easter time. Actually, our rescue has been forming since before the dawn of creation. But this whole God in human flesh, this whole Jesus as the rescue plan, plan A for humanity, begins right here on this very night in the incarnation. Our salvation begins, our rescue begins with God with us. That's what Emmanuel means. It literally means God with us as a baby, as one of us experiencing all the feels that this life brings. What emotions are you bringing with you this this evening on this Christmas night? What feelings, what experiences are you bringing here tonight? What feelings or emotions or experiences have you been going through this entire Advent Christmas season? Maybe it's complete joy. Maybe you're just super excited about Christmas morning. I, for one, can tell you I'm not really that excited for tomorrow morning. I'm just kidding. I really am. Maybe you've got complete joy. Maybe you're just so excited about this whole Christmas thing. Well, guess what? God's with you because he's been there before. Or maybe you have an overwhelming sense of despair. This despair that's just consuming every single thought that you have right now. Maybe you're barely even able to pay attention to the music and, and then the cheers and the, and the eggnog and the sermons on Christmas Eve. Because this despair is consuming every single thing about you. Guess what? God has been there. Maybe you're exhausted. Maybe you're extremely tired. Guess what? God has been there. Maybe you've got a sense of wonder and awe at this world around you. God's been there. Maybe you're in the middle of a relationship that's on the rocks, a relationship that you don't think is going to make it even until tomorrow morning. Guess what? God has been there. Maybe you're feeling loved. Maybe you're feeling like you've been wrapped up in a huge bear hug. Guess what? God has been there. Maybe you're experiencing this last year, the death of someone that you really love. Or maybe some sort of incurable sickness is kind of just really, you know, smacked you in the gut during 2019. Or maybe you are part of a family that you cannot stand and you are dreading hanging out with them tomorrow or on the dinner table. God has been there because Jesus Christ 
God with human skin on. That's what incarnation is. Is God with human skin on. Skin and bones, Jesus has felt every single thing that you might be feeling tonight. The dawn of salvation is beginning to break. A whole new era is dawning in divine history. Our incarnate, our God, our Emmanuel with us, our God with us rescue from all that's wrong, all that's ugly, all that's broken in this world begins with a real baby, an actual baby that needed to eat and be changed and rely on his parents to keep him alive. The dawn of salvation begins with a baby tonight taking his first breath in that obscure place that we call Bethlehem. Just as each and every single one of us had to do in our beginning. Have you ever thought about that? That each and every one of us had to be kept alive by somebody else? So did Jesus. So did the God of the universe. You see, Jesus is going to grow up, we know this, and become the greatest teacher the world's ever known. Jesus is going to make this walk to Jerusalem. He's going to walk the streets of Jerusalem to his own death. We know that Jesus is going to eventually hang on that cross, and he's going to subvert the powers of sin and death. We know that Jesus is going to rise again three days later. We know that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. We know that Jesus will then ascend back up to sit on his rightful throne in heaven. Ruling his kingdom as the only one true righteous king. But guess what? We're going to get to all that eventually. That's what's so beautiful about this liturgical calendar that we find ourselves in is that we get to focus on each part and each aspect of this Emmanuel, this God with us in human form at every step of the way. So for tonight, and during this season, can we just marvel and wonder at the idea that our God was a living, breathing, and crying baby boy and then eventually a toddler, and then eventually a teenager. Let's not even get started on the teenage years. And then a young man in his 20s. Can we just focus on this one night that Jesus was an actual living, breathing human being? Let's just pause for one night. Just one moment. Maybe it's just this one moment tonight that we have. This one hour that we spend together. And let that sink in. That the one who gives you breath in your lungs had to take his first breath and rely on his parents. I want to finish off with a really short poem that I uh, came across a couple weeks ago called Incarnation by Sheila Bertrand. I think it sums up everything I've just talked about tonight, where she says, Eternal became time-bound, lying in a trough. Almighty became human to show us his great love. 
He who formed the universe, who stretched out the skies, he who sprinkled stars in space, now helpless as a baby he lies. Once enthroned in the heavens, the earth was his footstool then, and now he cannot take a single step who once walked on the wind. The everlasting word of God is speechless as a babe. The God who filled up all of space confined now in a cave who formed the hairs on every head, now suddenly can bleed. The God by whom all things were made now suffers wants and needs. He blew life into every human. Now he takes his first breath. A mortal God, the timeless one, can now feel pain and death. This is going to come into play later. Oh, how much he loves us. How much he condescends to come down from his lofty throne to be my savior and my friend. Let's pray. Oh, Father God, thank you for sending Jesus. Son Jesus, thank you for being willing to take that step out of heaven and into our world into this broken and messy and messed up world. And holy, holy, holy spirit for being the very air that we breathe. As we contemplate all the mysteries of life, as we contemplate all the mysteries of the cosmos, God, we just ask that for one night, one simple night, we be able to marvel and wonder at just how it is that you, the creator of all the cosmos, the creator of the universe, the creator of the world, the earth that we stand upon also stood upon this same earth. God, we pray all these things in your name. Amen.